Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I am Jim Reamer. This is our, uh, well, last year we started our annual hot take pod. And then we promptly changed it for this year. So it's no longer an annual. This year we're going to do storylines. Two or three storylines each. Something that interests us for the upcoming season. Uh, Then we were going to each have a hot take. Joining me, Dominic Neely, Zach Tyler. Gentlemen, Zach is back. Yep. Jeez. He might have a second. He might have a seven second delay. We think it's because of uh, profanity reasons, but it might be bad yeah. internet. I've been marked. Yeah, I've been warned. You have to mark this thing. You know, we's our internet's fine. Should be good to go. No Kyler this week. He's been abducted by the Jesuit monks. <laughs> yes. Oh. Rebuff. Is he, just, just is he, is he d- disparaged an entire religion last week, Zach? I don't know if you caught on to that. I've heard. I know we talked about it a little bit in our Slack channel, but I don't yeah. think it did it justice without hearing it. Uh, yeah, the Jesuit monks of old would have probably taken care of him back in the back in their day. Uh, a little, little different now, but uh, still, don't want to disparage an entire religion. Which I, hell, I might have just done it myself. But anyway, um, joining us this week again, Patrick Woolley, becoming somewhat of a regular. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is when we're all here, that's five of us, and that gets a little. It's a little, uh, a little ESPN, yeah, a little crowd, a little ESPN pregameish issues where nobody a- really. Gets a chance to it's make like, a point. It's, it's not a it's not a quadcast at that point. No, we have to, to like change the name, like make it like a round table. Or, I don't know. What uh, quickly? What scrimmages have we seen? Patrick, we'll start with you. You. Yep, I went to uh, Madison. I watched okay. them play uh, Franklin County, and uh, I believe Madison hits. Three, maybe four, two-point field goals the entire game, and the rest were threes. And they somehow ended up winning every quarter. Well, that's all right. They're going to be a perimeter-led team this year. Math is math, man. Hey, three is worth more than two. Add them up by three, better than adding them up by two. Zach, did you get any scrimmages? You did? Uh, Yeah, I went to St. Joe yesterday. That's right. They played Niles. Oh, from Michigan. Yep. Yep. Uh, Chase Kinesny is going to do his thing this year. I think he got a little bigger, stronger, and taller. Uh, Shrewsbury is going to be a nice addition for them. Yeah. Should be a good season for the Indians. Dominique? I went to two. I went to Carroll and Leo. And um, Carroll hit a bunch of threes. They must have hit 19 or 20. Um, 
and then I went to yesterday. I went to I went to half of a uh, scrimmage, Snyder in South Bend, Washington. I didn't realize that uh, they played two quarters of varsity, and then everyone around me, even even the players parent said hey the next two quarters are jv then it's over so i said oh, well wow. the jv came out and i said well i guess i'm out of here and then uh snyder's coach texted me and said uh they played after the jv quarter they played two more varsity i'm like oh okay didn't know that so i didn't get that's what you meant yeah when you when you when you were telling me that so you bolted yeah. you left after the second half second quarter say so yeah, the second quarter ended they played two 12 minute running but they shot free throws they they shot um, shooting free throws like a uh, uh, shooting foul. Oh shoot! Oh, violation! I rules. was confused. <laughs> I was real confused, and then because um, I I swear at the beginning they weren't, and then all of a sudden they shot every time someone got a shooting foul, they shot the free throws. After that, I'm, I don't know what's going on, but then yeah, after that second quarter, the JV came on, and then people started leaving. It's like I said, the player's dad left, and he's like, "Yeah, they're gonna play two quarters of JV, then it's over." So I'm like, well, I guess I'm out of here. And then they played one quarter of JV and two more varsity. So I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, I thought you just meant that you that they were. That, I thought you were just telling me the order in which they played. I I didn't catch the part where you left. Yeah, I left. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the varsity was done. See what I see. I saw Thursday night. Well, yesterday I was at Bishop Bluers at Manchester. Get a chance to watch Truesdale Twins uh, that that we're high on. Patrick's not seen him yet, I don't think. But then uh, they played Manchester with Gavin Betton. You know, and that was – I mean, Lures is going to be good. They've got three kids that – I'm sorry, two kids that weren't playing because their football team still participating. So they'll season their season will be delayed the start of the season. Uh, then they'll they'll get those guys back, and they'll take them probably a little while to get their legs underneath them. I don't know. They could – plus with their schedule, they might go into the tournament with a 500 record, you know? Um, yeah. The schedule they play, and, you know, I don't know. You know more about the kids that are playing football for them than I do, Dominique, but – Yeah, the one is their second leading scorer from last year, Isaac Zay. I'm not sure who the other one is. Yeah, they told me and I'd forgotten, so I apologize to him and his family. So I'm assuming he's not going to be a starter because I know Zay's going to start, and then the ones that you saw. Yeah, that was the the gist of what I got, but I could see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, hey, I don't, I don't know. Danny Kelly will start, and Truesdale's will start, and then from there, it'll, I guess they'll see. Uh, but that would definitely give them seven or eight guys that can play. Five kids they had were pretty decent that started were, were good, and they brought a sophomore off the bench. At least I think he was a sophomore. They 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 didn't have numbers in their rosters just yet. Oh, you had a roster? Yeah, yeah. No Manchester had theirs Oof. full out. Bishop I didn't Lures have a nothing. Didn't Either have one. numbers. Uh, Pike Cathedral Thursday night didn't have anything that I saw. Their little media gate is ahead of the ahead of the uh, entry gate for those who are initiated to Cathedral's school. So I didn't really go through the front door of the gym. 
so I I did take a look. I didn't see any paper down there, but but we'll get things we get things scanned in as the season goes on. So I'm definitely interested to see what Pike does this year. Uh, they're gonna if the team they played the 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 rotations they played Thursday or any indication they're gonna be it's gonna be rough. They're mm-hmm. gonna be young. Um, they are going to be. Um, there were a couple of kids that I think have a bright future that looked out of place right now. Um, but a lot of that was just a function of strength that, you know, Isaiah Hills going to have a chance to be really talented. Six, eight, six, nine freshman. Um, he, as much as he struggled with the physicality of the, of the game, the speed of the game, he also went up and blocked about three shots. A couple of them were pretty impressive. Um, I think he'll get he'll get things figured out as he gets stronger. Um, frame of reference, he's built a lot like Booker. I was just going to say, I remember Booker as a freshman was was pretty raw too. Yeah, he was playing JV and and really not a ton. Um, he was like what six at that time? Like six, what five or six? No, Booker? he was taller than that. No, he he's was a little taller. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was six seven as a seventh and eighth grader. Okay. Definitely as an eighth grader. I think seventh grade, maybe he was six five. Um you know, and just just the physicality of it for Hill. But all right, storylines. So what we're doing this year is again, we were gonna go through I don't know, two or three things each. Of, of storylines that interest us, and then at the end we'll have hot. We'll have each have a hot take. The hot takes seem to be a little harder to come by this year, unless Zach's going to announce anybody's retirement again. <laughs> Zach had the best hot yeah. take last year, which was Al Rhodes will retire after this season, and and hit it. He actually hit two of them because you said you said Marcus Burton was going to win Mister Basketball. Yep. My hot take, one of my hot takes last year was that Mr. Basketball would not be from Marion County. Or did I even say the Indianapolis area? I think I said the Indianapolis area. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what my other one was. I don't know, a little harder to come by this year. I agree. Yep. All right, we will start. Who, Dominique, you said you wanted to go first. I'll go first. All right, you get to go first since you you claimed it. Although poor Patrick didn't have a chance to claim it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, we so get, we gotta get I'm Pat. In the, we gotta uh, get Pat in the Slack channel, then he can claim things like that. But go ahead, Dominique, take the floor. I'm interested in seeing how this new bonus foul rule, how that's going to play out. Um, if that's going to change anything from a coaching strategy or flow of the game, and actually asked a decent number of coaches what they thought if it would yeah. they would change anything or and I was going to read some of their responses quick go for it to talk about um are we preparing for a podcast holy cow Jeez, yeah wow. this is Even like Christmas. Wow. good night that paper holy cow he said the first thing I, I told him that I wouldn't name their names so right no names anonymous um 
He said, the first thing that stands out to me is there's no one-and-ones. I don't like that for a few reasons. It's harder for a team to come back at the end of the game. And I think it takes pressure off of shooters um, with that bonus. I would like it better if the fifth and sixth fouls were one-and-ones. I don't think it changes much as far as strategy from a coaching perspective. Thoughts? I I agree. I, I don't know why. I mean, I know why they said they went away from it. Um, yeah, and that's part of this too, guys. We These are things we want to talk around, not just have the guy make the point and then move on. So hopefully these are, will evoke some conversation. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. The, there's their thought was, is it, it eliminates opportunities for injury. Well, okay. That's sure. That's fair. That's one less time. Somebody's got to block out, but at the same time, um, when that ball goes through the net, the kids tend to relax. So you don't really eliminate that blockout need, uh, that blockout issue. Um, he's still going to get another free throw, so there's another chance to block out. I don't. I just didn't buy the logic in it, and I don't like it. I I want the one on one there. Until, I mean, what ten seven fouls. Yeah, yeah, in I've a tournament some, game, I can I've see... I've got some additional thoughts, but I hate that part. But go ahead, Patrick. I was just going to say, I mean, this it could be a big deal. I mean, come tournament time and you're you're fighting for that win and it's within one or two points. And, I mean, I could see some fans and parents and the crowd really getting upset, maybe forgetting the rule or not knowing it. And <laughs> you, you know how that goes. Well, that's, that's not going to impact the – that was not going to impact the play. That was going to be one of – that was going to be kind of my joke hot take was how many coaches we get technicals this year for getting the rule. <laughs> um, how many parents or fans will get thrown out of a game for it? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not that. I don't see many parents get thrown out or fans get thrown out of high school games, like actual high school games, not AAU stuff, but because nobody's heard and we won't go down that rabbit hole again. We've talked about it, but <laughs> I don't, Personally, I like the rules. I I don't know if I, my pinned tweet on my personal Twitter timeline, JW Reamer. I've got three rules that I would have changed. Um, in in high at the high school level, and one of them was going to starting from scratch each quarter the, the, the foul count. So I'm definitely in favor of that. I don't like the the non one on one though. Agree. Yeah. Um, I'm anxious. I'm going to make this point. Then I then you tell me if you had any if any of the coaches mentioned this. I I did some some basic you know analysis on like basically it will equate to six fewer free throws per game on average. Um, I don't know what I don't remember what average I came to. If I came to like twelve fouls per half. Um, I don't, I don't remember what the, what the number I started at was as far as, or ended at was as far as how many team, how many fouls a team might have in a given half. But, but I think I came to the conclusion that it's going to be six fewer free throws. And now I can't remember if it was per team or per game, like for both teams. I didn't see anything like that in my responses. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, they wanted to speed the game up. I mean, like, yeah, uh, add more sort of baseball thing. I love it. I, I like it. Definitely will. It definitely will create flow. I mean, our fall league, we don't do free throws and we don't do bonus until ten. And there are some AAU events that don't do bonus until ten. And it definitely adds to the flow of the game. Uh, you know, you get some of these games. Uh, where you know referees are calling it tight to begin with. I think that allows for the referees, the players to adjust. And you know, now you're not starting the second quarter, the final, the you know, the final eight minutes of the half. That's right. The high school still have quarters. That way, you're not starting the second quarter in the bonus because foul because referees were trying to keep it tight at the beginning of the game. Think of think of some games that are like you know they're going to be hotly contested going in, and referees will call it tight to begin with just to get control. Yeah. For for typically for the better. Sometimes not. Um. But then that that won't you know severely penalize either team, and for the fans, nobody wants to see people shooting free throws at the end of the first quarter. You know, teams in the bonus, or if, you know, then that means the bonus of the entire second quarter. So I love the rule. I don't like the, them getting rid of one on one. So I, I guess well, it's you know up and down in that regard. What would you think of six fouls instead of five? For what the, the bonus the player? Part? No, per oh, player. I'm a player. Yeah, I like that. I definitely want that. Yeah, I think I I would like that too. I mean, too many times you get two or three fouls within the first half, and it's like, and it's a star player. It's that it's uh, somebody people want to see, and then all of a sudden they're in foul trouble and they can't play their game the way they they could otherwise. Now I realize when I say this, I I have the benefit of depth on the teams that I coach. Or, or the maybe the benefit of maybe the guy I bring off the bench isn't too far behind the guy that would come out of the game. But I'm a three foul guy. Like I'll let a guy play till three, and then I worry about clock. And because you hear that a lot on co- at the college level, yeah, you just got to know your players, man. You got to know that's, who's that's, out there. That's a big part of it. But you hear that a lot at the college level where they talk at length about how coaches are really concerned about the foul issue and they end up fouling their player out effectively because they're the ones sitting them now. Yeah. But again, the, the guy I bring off the bench is closer in talent to the guy that's coming out of the game usually. So I have the benefit if somebody does actually get in real foul trouble that, you know, I've got a guy that can step in. That's, you know, maybe almost as good. But yeah, I'm a big play to, play to get three, and then let's then then we'll worry about the clock. Let me other, let me read one more. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say here. any more. Yeah, go down as many. I got as you a got. lot, but I don't want to. I don't need to. I, th- I think this is the last one I'll read because it, it's a three parter. If I can get back to it, Where's that? Here <laughs> it is. Um. So this coach says, I personally think it's going to improve the flow of the game in many ways because you shouldn't be shooting a ton of free throws in the second and fourth quarters compared to how you would usually I think that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said in the same breath, I worry slash hope it brings about the reality of a shot clock coming into play. Hmm. Um, 
there's a couple of typos in here, so I don't want to let me try to make sure I'm saying it right here. Um, wasn't for me, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> if a team is down six with five minutes to go in a game, it may become more difficult to come back without a shot clock because it could encourage a team to hold the ball knowing they will be getting a two-shot foul at some point versus the fear of missing that one-and-one, one, front end of a one-and-one. True, but there also may be a situation where the, the foul count isn't isn't there just yet and therefore gives the defense opportunities to be more aggressive. Yeah, it's true. Any other thoughts on that before I read the last part? I mean, you know me, I toe the line on the shot clock issue where I want it, but I'm not, not one necessary. of those guys that's, oh, my God, we need it. Yeah. Because I don't think it's going to produce what most people think. It's not going to necessarily increase scoring. Uh, but it will increase. I think it will help the flow of the game. I think it will definitely help the flow of late clock situations. Yeah, late, late in the quarter, late in the game. You're down two possessions with a minute to go. You can you still got time to get two stops. We don't have to have constant fouling. That might be a bit extreme, but in with 90 seconds to go, you're down two possessions. You're on defense. You you've got a chance if you get a stop and a score. You know now you know you don't have you didn't have to foul to do that. So you read one more and then let Zach chime in yeah. since Zach's forgotten how to talk on a podcast. <laughs> oh, you can't just shake your head and nod and everything. Oh. So yeah, yeah, all the all the agreeing and disagreeing that you're doing with your head not 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 make for good audio. Okay. Okay. Um so he said I think strategy-wise it will encourage us to apply more ball pressure and play a more physical brand early in the game and early in the second half to test how officials are calling games knowing it likely won't cost us any points in the second or fourth quarter by picking up early fouls. And they're just picking up on all my points. That's good. I like it. <laughs> Thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I think that's – Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent. It's I it, I think it'll be good in some ways. and It could definitely hurt others, like we're saying, taking players out of games potentially. If uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's It'll be tricky to, to navigate for some teams, I think, early on. Okay, forget the winning and losing side of it. Who are there anybody that we think it will? I mean, I think the last point you made there, you read there, Dominique, kind of sheds a little light on what I'm about to ask. But who does that rule benefit? Who does that rule hurt team wise, just in general? Not, not the team that's ahead versus the team. I'm talking about is there, is there a team like I'll go, I'll give you an example. Uh, when Chris Byers was at Warren Central, of course he's back there now. But, but during their run, their games against Carmel were so tight that how the game was officiated was the decider, not not bad call versus good call. Talking about the way the officials were going to officiate the game really benefited one team or another. And the year, you know, the year Carmel lost to Warren in the finals, it definitely had an impact. Um, I remember the regular season game, it had an impact too, because 
nothing was called and nothing was called in both directions. But at the end of it, when Warren had to foul to come back, they didn't have anybody in foul trouble. So there was no worry, no, no subbing people in and out. They can keep their best five guys out there. And that's, again, that's not a complaint because it, the, the officiating was, was even, you know, they just one game they were letting them play. And then the state championship game the next year, they weren't letting them play. And boy, did that benefit Carmel. Um, Cause we weren't going to have to, re- of course, the other, the, the other part of that was, was Carmel then going to be able to, be good enough to keep those quicker Warren guards in front of them with the way the game was being officiated. And and luckily the answer for the most part was yes, but, but how the game was officiated was impacted. Are there, is there other teams that we see, let's say coming in March where it really matters that will benefit from it or, or any team that will struggle with it? Wonder if like, a team like uh, Addicts or uh, somebody who likes to get up and down that that style of play would benefit the most from it. What? Yeah. What about Heritage Hills versus Bossy? <laughs> yeah, Advantage Bossy. Yeah, I mean, instance. yeah, I think that's the kind of that's the kind of thoughts that I have on it. Is how will it impact the the analysis of of a game? No, I mean Addicts is going to be playing come March, like Lawrence North and all those teams. So they're all, I mean, they all play a similar style, but like you said, a bossy, a Heritage Hills, or I don't know, maybe a Lutheran Orleans down the road in 1A uh, yep. might affect the might affect the game. That was a great topic. Good, good job, Dominique. Let's go. Way better than to get that one I, out. Way better than anything I got, but go, Zach, you go ahead and go. Yeah, oh, I don't geez. want to follow that one. No kidding. Thanks. I'll just take the walk for everybody here. <laughs> Holy crap. Um geez. I'll I'll wait and talk about stuff up north here in a little bit, but I'll talk about probably what everybody else wants to talk about is Kokomo. Um they have a legit shot, I think, to to be the second team in a row to go undefeated through a whole season. Uh I think that's that could be an interesting storyline going forward. I mean, they lost a lot. But then they've also gained a lot on the roster this year, um, so that that was something that's interesting to me. I mean, I knew that they have the Hall of Fame uh, tournament and they have their own tournament to go through, but but I think they've got a legit shot to to run the table and go all the way again, like Ben Davis did last year. Maybe even meet meet Ben Davis in the championship again, right, and beat them. It, it's a hot funny. take. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> It's I funny you say that one. because I, I thought about that as far as like Brownstown. And then I went and looked at Brownstown's whole schedule and thought, nah, that ain't yeah. going to happen. That's rough. Yep. No offense. No offense. I think they might take a couple of L's. They've, they got a brutal. Their schedule was good. La- you know, their schedule is typically good just because the conference they're in. Right. And they, they play, you know, some of the bigger, better schools around them that aren't on their conference or aren't in their conference. But yeah, they've added Jeff. They're playing Jeff this year. They've, they've added Carmel. They've, I think they've got obviously was it, they play Brownsburg in the Hall of Fame. Play Lawrence North. They play Lawrence North. Yeah, if they go yeah. undefeated, that may be the the Hercule, the Herculean coaching effort of all coaching efforts. Yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, when, that's when Coach Benner rides off into the sunset. There's your there's your <laughs> hot there take. There's, that's your hot take. No. <laughs> 
that's not as hot as Al Rhodes. We, there's a scenario where where Coach Bender decides he wants to take the year. You know, now that Jack's graduating, I think he'll go at least one more year. Hopefully, I didn't steal anybody's hot take there, but that's an anti-hot take. <laughs> Step on somebody's toes there. Well, I'm looking at Kokomo's schedule real yeah, quick. I am too. I mean, it's 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 definitely doable, but and I'm not taking anything away from Anderson or from no, um, of course Marion. not. Yeah, we are. Him. Let's go. We're hating on Anderson and Marion, <laughs> Richmond, Coach, Jeff, Coach Bowling. Send your hate mail to Zach ZT Hoops. Uh, Kyler, I'm Kyler Staley at. <laughs> Big question: Do they do they get past Carmel when they when they visit the at Rams? Carmel? Yeah. It's going to be 23 degrees <laughs> in, the, in the gym. Jeez. You it should be in there out. when there's nobody in there. <laughs> Those days when I got nothing else going on and I'm holed up in the gym, it's freezing. Uh, I say Kokomo get they they get one loss, at least one loss. I mean their their schedule is definitely not what Ben Davis was last year. No. Um, and it's yeah, I mean it's they they obviously have tough teams on their schedule, but I wouldn't say it's out of the possibility that that might happen, but I think that would be pretty, that'd be pretty tough to do. I think. Well, I think it's tough to do no matter what, right? I mean, Oh well, yeah, right. absolutely. But I mean, there are some definitely games on there that they'd have to play really bad or have some injuries to lose. They're going to probably end I mean, up playing either Plainfield or Jeffersonville. They're going to play. You, you, what you just said, they're Brownstown. Down Remember that when you said that, what you just said there. There's going to be some teams they play, and I mean that because I'm going to make a point later with one of my storylines, but there's going to be teams they play where they'll have to lose it. Yes. I mean, we could – yeah. There is some – if you're thinking from a 4A level, if if you're going to be a 4A snob, which I'm good at being. Um, the, yeah, there's some red meat in there that if they don't win those games, it'll be a it'll be a bad next practice. But at least they're teams they normally play. I counted ten. <laughs> Did you really? Jeez. I counted them. Well, the, well they always play Western. At least I think they do. They always, they used to always play Western. Maybe they gave it up. No, they've always played Western. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, they've opened with them every year, but last year. They always play Western. They always play Peru. I mean, there's times where Kokomo Peru's, there was a time where that was like the big rival. Um, we think New Haven's going to be a little down this year. Uh, that should be better than they were I mean, last year. They got a Johnny teams, aren't we? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I didn't really want to name them all that I counted, but <laughs> I counted well, ten that I thought they'd really have to play bad. Yeah, it's not Ben lose. Davis's schedule. Let's let's say that. So there, there's no. definitely a better than decent chance they go into the state tournament undefeated. Right, and then obviously Harrelson being gone helps. Catching's gone helps. Uh, addition of players helps. Yep. So how many new kids do they have? Two or three? Five. 
<laughs> when you write put right about yeah, when you put five new kids on a team, I mean, there Watch might out be for a Westfield game. early. There might we'll there it. might be a game where they they're trying to get used to each other. They're trying to figure out some stuff and yeah, that Westfield know, game it goes looms, south. That Westfield game looms large. Yeah, in uh, the the drive to New Albany. Outside of those Romeo years when Carmel played New Albany at New Albany, it just was like, ugh. I think one year we lost. Keep saying we. I'm not on the damn team. One year they lost. Well, you don't just come down south and expect to just I, have a cake win. I get that. I understand that. <laughs> on a Saturday, too, usually, yeah. right? Way, way, way more about the drive, though. Yeah. Well, now you know how I feel when I have to go up to Indy to watch. I think games. that was the same New Albany team that lost by thirty to Lebanon. Yeah, that schedule is not. There's still some. There's still some tough games on there, but yeah, it's not the the ringer that Ben Davis went through last year. Good topics, Zach. Come, you guys are broad. Well, I guess that's more of a isolated topic. Right. Right. But that's. Because that's kind of where mine are, right? Where mine are at so far. But go ahead, Patrick. All right. I'll throw one out here. Um, transfers around the state and how they could affect a potential state champ or some of these contenders. You know, the Indy Star put out, uh, was it 15 or 20 kids in new places? 20. 20. Yep. And then, I mean, of course, there's way more than that that are going to make an impact. I mean, I'm looking at Book at Westfield making a huge contribution. The new kid for at Center Grove, Chicozy, mm-hmm. the kids at Carmel. I mean, all the new transfers at Attics, Lomax at Brownsburg. Whoa, 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 what kids at Carmel? I didn't say Carmel, did I? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we 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 did we did pull up a baseball. Sorry, they're player. leaving. They're leaving Carmel. They're not <laughs> coming gotta, into Carmel. Yeah. But yeah, just. I mean, there's so many transfers this year that are going to impact impact teams, and you know, five at Kokomo, possible state state championship implications. I mean, these these are big time kids and big time players, and I understand there's open enrollment and that's all good and everything, but man, is that is that kind of the direction we're going with? Allowing just a one time transfer every year is that what's going to happen here eventually? Well, no, I mean, the two kids we talked about a lot, and we yeah, I know touched on them know. earlier. They, you know, they're still they don't. Truesdale's haven't gotten their full decision yet on if they're eligible. Um, look, man, the ITSA approves ninety three percent of their transfers for full eligibility. Yeah. Now, whether or not that's those numbers are just the ones they decide on, or also the ones that go through the whole process that eventually get full full eligibility. I don't know, but um, it, it it does feel pretty bad when you're not part of that ninety three percent. Yeah, but I, I got yeah, no and I'm I'm not saying they shouldn't. I mean, I, I got no every problem with schools, with schools signing off on transfers. You know, if that's whether they like it or not, if they sign off on it, and that's where I go with the ITSA, they should just rubber stamp it and move on. Mm-hmm that would eliminate probably 90% of their bad press. Um, obviously Westfield's going to be impacted 
Well, I mean, you know, Fishers is going to be impacted by the player they lost. Yeah, absolutely. Avon's going to be impacted by losing, you know, Lomax. They got they, one though, too. They, they got, got one. They, they got a cup. Uh, they got yeah. They got one. Yeah. From Addicts, starter at Addicts last year, who was a sophomore, I believe, last year. Yep, DeAndre Hancock lot or DeAndre Lot yeah. Hancock. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it. It's part of it. Every year, I think what happens too is is that with more outlets like us that talk about it a couple times a year like specifically talk about it that I don't know that there's more transfers, just more discussion yeah. about transfers. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's probably always been, it's just, there's a lot more with the social media and the notoriety and everything out there. You hear about it a lot more. I mean, I could go, I could go through, you know, the eighties, not that I'm going to right now, but I could go through the 80s and just on Carmel's schedule alone, tell you, you know, there's some good transfer stories there. Mm-hmm. Cooper Zachary's uncle, Randy, was an Indiana All-Star. Yeah. He tried to transfer to Anderson. Denied that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. denied that, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's, yeah, I, I think it's it's still a good discussion. You know, do we know who started the Kokomo at their scrimmage the other day? Uh, probably can find out pretty quick. I mean, it was Flory. It was Rogers, it was Carson Rogers. It was um, more Bellamy kid back. The Bellamy kid, yeah. maybe Beard. Probably Mitchell. Yeah, Beard. It was Beard. I think he actually got that text. Hold on. So it wasn't uh Hamill. Hamill so came off four, the bench. So there's four kids that were there last year. So, you know, how impactful their transfers will be, I don't, you know, we, it just remains to be seen. Book book will be impactful in that he obviously gives them a little bit more than what they lost in Romac. Uh, the other starter was Bellamy, Flory, Rogers, Beard, and Max... I don't know how you pronounce his last name. F E U E R L E. That the German? It must be. Hold on a second. Let's find out. Again, fumbling through my. What was the last name? Max F E U E R L E. He wasn't there last year. Probably is the German kid then, maybe. Might be gotta gotta be a German kid. And that team picture we got, I don't know that <laughs> if he's in it, then he was the short shorter kid on the left. I, I don't know. I guess I gotta we could always send out a text and find out. But what's the what do you what's the most impactful transfer you think, Patrick? I think uh, the big kid at Center Grove. I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, I think he takes them from a, you know, 10 to 15th ranked center Grove team to a legit semi-state top five to 10 team in the state. 
I mean, that's what is he, 6'10? <laughs> uh, Not too yeah, many of maybe. those around. I think Book's going to have the bigger impact just because I think Westfield was going to be mm. pretty, pretty small. Yeah. And they also lost LaRavia. Yeah. Book's the better play there, though. Uh, Lomax at Brownsburg is pretty big after losing catchings. Yeah. They'll get back to the score. Book. Yeah, because Brownsburg was going to be be good even without Lomax. They just would be different. They just would beat people up. They may not be. Yeah, he give, he definitely gives them a scoring punch. He's going to have to figure some stuff out on the defensive end. And watching the way he played the other day in practice, um, if he if he plays with the type of awareness offensively that he had in that practice, or I guess it wasn't practice; it was a work, workout the week before, then he's he's going to be the he's going to be a good playmaker for him. So then it's just going to come down to how much he buys in defensively, and the fact that he's not six eight and. Yeah, that'll be a part of it. Because catchings, catchings can really make plays defensively and could lock somebody down if he wanted to. You know, Lomax is just going to have to be a willing defender, and Lynch, he'll figure, he'll, he'll figure the rest out. Be really interested to see the new kid from Colorado at Lawrence North also. See oh, if, uh, yeah, see how he steps in there. Yeah, but they were going to be good without him. Yeah, they'll be. They were going to be good. Maybe he takes them, you know, another level up. Mm-hmm. Might be a good depth piece right now, and a kid that that has some really good spurts. I think that I think there's some talk that maybe Colorado is a little different than Indiana. <laughs> yeah, the Caleb kid at Ben Davis. Same. Speed of the game. Yeah. Carlisle was huge on that when we had him on in the summer. Yeah. It's a different it's a different level. I mean, he's not gonna move the needle. I mean, he's gonna he might he's I mean, he definitely helps them. But it's not like they yeah. were gonna be bad without him. No, or, they weren't or be. even average or even average without him. No, but I mean, losing Dowdy hurts, and I'm not saying this kid's going to be Dowdy, but you know they they need a big a big kid in there to kind of help in the middle. My yeah, book. I still go back to book being more impactful because other than that, I don't know the Westfield has any other size. I think he just changed the dynamics of everything they do. So you'd so, say book a kid like book takes them from you know. Top twenty-ish to top ten, easy. I mean, I don't. You didn't have yeah, him in your I top mean, ten, so. Yeah, they're right there. I mean, I didn't have him in my top ten, but I had him right there. All right, mine. Sticking it, sticking it local. This is going to be a not what has become the typical Carmel year. And 
you know, they're going to be young. I know I've talked about it a little bit, maybe to the point where it's it's been talked out. I don't know, but this was a shocker. I know, right? <laughs> well, we 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 spend so much time talking about who's going to be really, really, really good, and who's going to do this, and who's going to do that, and I I think that you know what you said earlier about Kokomo's schedule, where they've got some games where they. You know, you can definitely. They'd be a shock if they would lose. If they would, you know, lose those games. In the past, I've looked at Carmel's schedule, and I've thought there isn't a game there that they couldn't win or shouldn't win. Not that, not that I ever thought they would go undefeated. But now I look at their schedule and think there isn't a game there they can't lose. So are they sub five hundred? <laughs> well, the the the, the unofficial. Line is that if 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 they go five hundred, I think this will be co- one of Coach Osborne's best jobs. I think there's some real struggle in there. They lost the, not only they lose the kids, they lost the graduation. They're going to rely on a lot of youth. I don't think I think this will be a one year thing though, even if they struggle. Um, but yeah, I think every one of these games is up for grabs. I think you look at. You know, Lawrence North or Lawrence Central probably doesn't have a whole lot back. Crown Point has lost an awful lot. Um, Pike, if if what they played in the in their scrimmage is any indication, they're going to be young and take their lumps. Uh, HSC just remains to be seen, and that's it. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I don't have a great feel for what Warren's got back. Trini going to be good? Yes. A little, yeah. I mean, Evansville Harrison's going to be really good. Who's that February 13th team? What's that? <laughs> Brownstown. I mean, look, two years ago, Carmel won a state championship, and Bar-Reeve gave them all they could handle. This Brownstown team's about 10 times better than that Bar-Reeve team. No offense. Zach, no Zach offense was talking about Dougie. February, not January. Oh, at Burbuff. Oh, the Burbuff, the the Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, I mean, that's a tough last... schedule. Gee, he's that's a, it's that's a brutal really schedule. Tough. Yeah. I mean, there look, there isn't a game there. The only thing I could get Ryan to agree with me on, <laughs> there isn't a game on here where it's it's, it's none of these games are going to be. In any one of those games you lose, any single game that they would lose um, on their own merit, not a big deal. But if you, you start compiling them. The last time Carmel's had a sub-500 season was 2010-2011. And that was the year they lost their coach. No, that was the year after that. It was Hetty's first year. What were they? They were 10 and 13. The year before they were 15 and 7. That was I'm gonna this will this will sound critical of Galloway, but I remember in real time saying that Galloway kind of punted on that 2023 class. I'm sorry, that 2011 class. Uh, 
he relied heavily on the 2010 kids. Of course, three of those kids were kids that got trouble and got kicked off the team. They lost to Westfield in the sectional for the first time in the history of man. Um, <laughs> I really thought he punted on that 2011 class. And then that's the group of kids that Hetty has to come in and win with. And, you know, a lot of those guys didn't see their first varsity action until their senior year and probably should have. I don't remember who was there 2012. I mean, I should, but I mean, that's the group that then came back in one state. So, but there was everybody, size. everybody has a down year, man. It, 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 it happens, happens. Yeah. Most teams it's cyclical. Yeah. With Carmel, it's once every 10 to 15 years. Yeah. It's generational right now. So that's, that's good. I mean, I, th- I do think they feel really good about their role players. I think they feel good about they've got kids who are going to sacrifice um, parts of their games to win, to win games. They they did add a 6'5 kid off the baseball team who's who's physical, and at least he's been in a couple of workout practices that I've seen. Uh, he's – there's a lot of nuance that – I think he's got to pick up and feel around the paint. and um, But aside from the guys that lost to graduation, they lost Owen Huber, their, who was going to be their starting center. He tore his ACL, so he's done. I might have mentioned that in an earlier pod. And yeah. since he doesn't plan on playing in college, his basketball career is over. That I stinks. Think right, I think right now his goal is to work, work up to the point where he can make a cameo on senior night. That's it. He's gonna get a jump. He's gonna get a a jump shot and an early exit, and you know, unless he's got Aaron Rodgers' guy working on him. But yeah. he's not old enough for all the stuff he does. <laughs> you know, they could go into Zionsville on Tuesday and win. Because Zionsville's lost a lot of guys too. Obviously, they're they're in a transition situation, but it's also been. Uh, they got their two wings back, right? Yeah. The last time Carmel won at Zionsville was 2016 or 15. Hmm. They've lost their last wow. three at Zionsville. You going to be at that one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow! If they beat Zionsville there, I mean that's that's a party on the roundabout. Afterwards. That will be a good, yeah. That'll be a good win, because it'll be a good win for a young team. And that's the thing; it's 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 they're going to rely heavily on two sub six foot guards, and their most talented player is a six seven six eight sophomore. Yeah, we're going to see how good Evan is. Who I think is his floor is mid major, and. I'm not quite sure yet that he is. I mean, look, Sam Orm wasn't even starting as a sophomore. This is how unusual it is for kids like this to start. Suter certainly started as a freshman and as a sophomore, but but as a freshman, he was just a guy that got – I'm not underselling this. As a freshman, he was a kid that obviously was really above – 
beyond his years defensively and just all over the place hustle-wise, kind of like what Galloway was at IU his first couple of years. And sophomore year, you could see him score in different ways, but he wasn't by any means a go-to guy. You know, he was a little bit ahead of Orm at that age in terms of in terms of production and role, even though it was Orm's length that really bamboozled Bar Reeve in the second half, the back end of that press. But you know, Evans got more responsibility on his shoulders than both those kids did. You know, that was a state championship team that Pete Suter was the third or fourth best player on. Well, third or fourth offensive option. You know, that was a state championship team that Sam Orm didn't start on until when? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure when Sam started, if Sam started. I don't remember now. I'm old. So it's a transition year. You know, I don't know if there's any other teams out there that fit that description. If you guys have any thoughts on any of those types of teams, but they, they've, they've been so good the last decade for them to dip a little bit. You know, Fishers loses the best players that they've ever had in their history, and we, we all still think they're a top 10 to 12 team. What would be an example of that, Patrick? One of those teams down there in the 1A down oh, south? Uh, like Bar Reef. Kind of, yeah, Bar Reef's been kind of down a couple, you know, what yeah, last year and this year. Down for them. I mean, that's like Carmel, I guess, 500. But uh, yeah, Bar Reef has been for the past probably eight to 10 years. I mean, they've kind of been the standard over there in that part of the state. Just consistent. I mean, Lawrence North's gone through it. Pike's going through it. Cathedral has gone through it. North Central's really gone through it. But North Central... Yeah, every, everybody goes through it. At least once. But it's... it's um, But it's just a one... You know, for me, for my thinking, it's just a one-year deal. Not that they're going to jump up and... Not declaring them the number one team in the state next year, but... You know, they're going to play three, maybe four sophomores this year. I I can't think of a time that's ever happened. Okay, Dominic, I got a good example. Uh, Silver Silver Creek last year. Uh, they had fair. some years, of course. I mean, they could have won three in a row if it wasn't for COVID, and they got their two state championships. And even before that, they were always, you know, a 15-16 win team. And then you graduate two guys like, Trey Kaufman and Cooper Jacoby, and I mean, you're bound to kind of take a step back. Yeah, Hoff, yeah, that's probably Hoffman's last the last decade. His first three mm -hmm. years were pretty average, but he also took over a group that you know probably didn't win more than 13 games either. Yeah, that yeah. sectional has kind of belonged to Silver Creek for a while. Scottsburg actually just won their first sectional championship last year since 2005. So it was a drought for them. 
All right, Dominique. I'm up. You're up. All right. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see this year. I'm going to stay here in Fort Wayne for my next – the last ones I have. But who's going to kind of be that number two team in the SAC? You know, Wayne is kind of that top dog. And I'm interested in seeing who's going to be right there behind them because it's kind of been a roller coaster since the end of last year. Um, you know, coming – you know, this isn't in sequential order. This didn't happen – you know, like I said, in order. But if you look at Carroll coming back after last season, even I guess, well, through the through June and to the start of this year, you would say, hey, Carroll's probably right there with Wayne. And then obviously the Truesdale Twins go to Lures. And then you look at Lures coming back last year. Cadell Wallace was their best player, really good point guard. Um, you know, you, you think about him and the Truesdales on the wings and then Danny Kelly, Isaac Zay, and the, you know, that's a nice Lures team in the SAC. And then Cadell Wallace goes to Southside, so they're you know they're missing him, and then you look at Northside. They won their sectional, they went to regional and played Kokomo and got beat. But they bring pretty much everyone back that contributed, you know, with Jackson Fugit, Eugene Young, and Tay Tay Johnson. Now he's out for the year. Tay Tay Johnson's sh- shoulder surgery for football, so he's out. You know, we've heard of, we've talked about Homestead. Uh, they've had a couple unfortunate things happen now, but they're, you know, they've lost a lot of players to Canterbury. You look at Concordia, they had a nice big three coming back. We talked about them. They've lost two of their top three guys. So it's like kind of like a, you know, roller coaster ride uh, with some of these teams. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see who's going to kind of step up and challenge Wayne for that, you know, second team in the SAC there. Are we allowed to mention anything about Homestead situation yet? Um, I probably wouldn't. I don't know if all the details are, you know, hundred percent accurate, but I, I mean, don't know. I mean, it's got to be reported by now, some to some degree. Yeah, I guess I we mean, can. Jam- Jameson's going to miss some games. Let's just say that. Will yeah, Will Jameson. Will Jameson's going to miss best some player. games. He he did. I mean. It's not anything bad. I mean, it's no, he, not anything he, bad in terms of behavior. He got, yeah. I think I think that stuff that gets put in a police record, stuff that gets put on a news. By the time people hear this, I think it's okay to talk about it. If you want to at least say what happened and then don't yeah. mention anything right. else. Right, right, yeah. I just I got a text earlier today that that Will was in a car accident, pretty bad, and he's in the hospital. And, uh, you know, I did, I actually just talked to him yesterday, um, about his scrimmage against Northwood. So I was pretty shocked to see that or get that text today, but yeah, he was in a pretty bad ax car accident. And yeah, at this point, I just say he, he, def- he'll, he'll miss some games for sure. But, but it was the, but the, the, the good, the, it, it it's, he's okay. He's going to be okay. It seems that way, yeah. At first yeah. it didn't seem like that, but now I believe it, it seems that that should be the case. Now, how long he misses, nobody knows yet. But he, he's, right. he's going to big picture. He's going to be okay as far as things like, you know, living. Yeah. But Fort Wayne's always a <laughs> – Steel and Carmel. Fort Wayne's always a roundabout. Yeah, I mean, it's... People coming in and out. <laughs> Every now and then you do a 540. 
Man. You do a 540 around the roundabout, you end up by teams thinking they're going to be good. They're not. Teams thinking they're going to be, you know, Fort Wayne Wayne goes from what, four wins to 22 wins? Yep. Or 21 or 22. Yeah. To semi state. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, I'm just going to be really interesting. I just started thinking about like some of the teams coming off of last year and it's just like losing people here and, and then just injury and transfer and, so, so much, you know, so much um, um, turnover or people leaving, people coming. It's he tough to know who's going to step up. Homestead doesn't have, obviously, the, the state championship pedigree. But. They got one. In basketball? A biggie. Yeah, 15. Oh, that's right. Oh, good Lord. How can I forget that one? Jeez. But they've only had one year. Hold on. Going back to Lord Chris Johnson's been there forever. He's been well, he's been successful. They've only they've only won they've not won they've only won less than fifteen games once since two thousand ten. Yeah, it's a good run. I mean, he's always he's, gonna have a good team, competitive team. Good Lord, he's been the head coach there since two thousand, since nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's done a really good job. I that's kind of unheralded. I mean, you're right; they do have the one state championship. I should know that, right? With Geist and Bat being on that team, but <laughs> yeah. Um, semi state, a couple of regional championship games. The year they got upset by Fort Wayne North. Um, they got upset by them, you think? No. That, 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 no one would have been upset. Wouldn't that have been Keon Brooks and them? In 17? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's when they got to state and lost by – lost to Ben Davis by three. I don't know what their – what their youth looks like. I don't know what they're, you know, what they're going to be this year. But even with Jameson, I thought they were going to take a dip. And, yeah. and now, now they're looking at going into it, not only without a key, a key player, but any time to prepare to not have him. I mean, this is, you know, a lot of programs go through this with an injury. You'd like it to be a basketball related injury, but. Right. But yeah, they're they're going to be in the same, may maybe not exactly. They're going to be a little worse shape than what Carmel's going through this year. It just Carmel's just a function of graduation. But they're, if, but Fort Wayne's talk about a it's crazy up there. I'm not sure I'd want to coach in that area. <laughs> All right, Zach. Dominic, real quick, how are uh, how are the Wayne kids? How are they doing with their new coach? If you if you heard anything, or how's that whole situation yeah. going? Well, let's Seems let's to... hold that talk. Let's hold that talk. Okay. Okay. Let's hold on to that. Oh, oh, Ooh. <laughs> hey, hey, right. hey. storylines. <laughs> Go on, Zach. Yeah. Uh, so mine's mine's a lot like that one as well. Uh, I was going to talk about the NIC here in town. Uh, Penn's been winning that for. The last, yeah, I guess 
them and Riley were back and forth a couple times, but but it's been a sure thing for Penn the last couple of years. Um, it, it's just going to be a little different, I think, this year. Marcus Burton's obviously gone for them. Uh, they got big time freshman Peyton Miamba coming in, though. Um, they lost all five starters that were seniors. Um, it, it, Riley has a, a lot of depth coming in. They're long. Don't sleep on athletic. Riley. Don't sleep on Riley. That's right. <laughs> Don't sleep uh, on Riley. Do my homework. Do your homework. You should know by now. St. Uh, <laughs> St. Joe's improved. Uh, obviously, like I said earlier, they have Chase, Knezny, and uh, Shrewsbury. And then we've got South Bend Washington now, who has yep. probably the number one player in his class in the state, Stephen Reynolds. Um, so it'll be interesting in the NIC this year. I'm ready, I'm looking forward to see some of those games, uh, get out to some of those matchups. But then it kind of takes a drop off after those four, I feel like, is the only thing. Uh, Marion has lost quite a bit. They don't have uh, Sullivan back now or a couple other pieces they lost. Uh, they they do have a a big kid I think that's come in there too I can't think of his name offhand right now but so it'll be interesting to see how the NIC stacks up this year. Marion will conference. still be zoning. Marion will still be zoning that's for sure. So those they'll be right there I'm I'm sure. That's a weird conference. Yeah. The mixture of city and rural. Right. <laughs> that's why it's breaking know. up, right? Are uh, they breaking up? Well. Bremen and John Glenn are leaving. And okay, Jimtown, well, that, right? Yeah, and Jimtown. All right. Well, that oh, it gets a little less weird now. Okay, never yeah. mind. <laughs> Good. I'm glad they agree. In football, it's the bigger schools and smaller schools, at least. So, well, those schools are pretty good in football, aren't they? Yeah. Generally. Glenn and Jimtown and Bremen. Yeah. Not not the last couple of years they haven't been, but no, historically, thought, Jimtown I for thought, sure. But I thought John Glenn was good with with Hannah's kid. Hannah's kid never played football, but basketball, yeah. Oh, he played. We played baseball though. Baseball, yeah. Okay. And then they're losing South Bend Clay, correct? Right, correct. Yeah. I mean, they're just that's just closing. Yep. Is that after this year? Yes. Yeah, I feel bad for those kids. They got anybody any good underclassmen that will just go to South Bend Washington so they can ride the Reynolds train. Uh, they have a pretty good guard. I can't yeah. think of his name offhand, but that, that's about it because the Aiden Kent went to Riley this year as a senior. Oh, that's right. See, there's homework on Riley right there. Yeah. Yeah, Zach did his homework. I seen uh, Washington last night. They, uh, I like their freshman point guard, DeCorey Parker. Um, pre- apparently, he was a big middle school. Had a lot of forty point middle school games was what I was told. Yeah, um, but he he was good for Washington in the two quarters I saw. Um, they don't have a lot of size. I know that Reynolds was definitely their tallest player by a lot. Um, but That's they uh, they get a think. Down. I was trying to think of that when it, putting the top ten list together was what kind of size they had with him and because there wasn't any in June, but. Mm-mm. I didn't see any last night, um, but they yeah they get up and down. Um, but the only ones that really stood out obviously Reynolds, but then uh, the the freshman guard DeCorey Parker was was pretty good as well. But they were pretty even with Snyder throughout the two quarters that I saw. It was pretty even the score. 
What's Snyder got coming back? Um, they gonna be better this year? We'll we'll hold that thought. Okay. Till my next story line. Okay. Patrick. <laughs> All right, everybody's going local, so I might as well jump in. Local. Bad town. No, not quite. <laughs> oh. I'm going with uh, the new head coach at New Albany. Um, I'm interested in see. What he can do with that position, uh, his name is Jason Jones. He's got 21 years experience from in Kansas, Colorado, Florida, and Georgia. Of course, he replaces Jim Shannon, who's been there oh. since, I believe, 99. Uh, Jim Shannon's actually going to help uh, his former player, Matt Lynch, at Charlestown this year. So he's going to be an assistant down there. But I'm interested actually, to see. Actually, replaced they... Craig. Actually, replaced Craig Teagle. But that's okay. Well, okay. <laughs> they hired Craig Teagle back for two in months. April. He was there for a cup of coffee, and then decided to split down. A whole Strange. big thing. I mean, that that's honestly Strange. that that was a bad look for New Albany. I mean, New Albany around here is like one of the premier gold standard basketball programs, and when you kind of I don't know if you'd say botch a hire or have that happen <laughs> in a school like New Albany. I mean, that's that that was a rough situation. A lot of smoke around the athletics director there. I don't know what the well he's you know, okay. Well, he's he's not the athletic director anymore. So oh, there you go. So there you go. Yeah, there we so, go. Yeah, Don Onrue is taking over for the athletic director again as an intern okay, this good. year. Yeah. Um, they played. Uh, they had a scrimmage against Heritage Hills. The other night, um, I heard they they won by about five or six. And I'm, they have some pieces to be good. There's there's parts for them to be successful this year. I think if you could get, you know, 13, 14 wins out of this team, which I think is doable, uh, I think they'll be looking good. They have you – know, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole, but they've got – probably the best middle school program, seventh and eighth grade teams down here in this direction. And they've got some talent coming once all the guys at, at Jeffersonville graduate, but I'm real interested to see how this new coach, Jason, Jason Jones handles, handles being a coach at a big basketball, rich tradition school like New Albany. That's kind of where I'm going with, with my next storyline. Uh, and I'm surprised that nobody's brought it up yet. The the last minute coaching changes at Fort Wayne Wayne and Ben Davis. Yep. And both those teams expected to do big things. Both those teams did big things last year. Everybody knows what Ben Davis did. That I'm anxious to see what everybody thinks impact wise it will have on these other teams. Now, you know, I don't, you guys don't know, you guys may not know who's at Ben Davis, but it's, it's just, well, you just got two first year head coaches in, in a pretty high profile situations. And I love that brew got the job at Wayne. Um, but that's, you know, that's a, it's a, that's a big jump, one seat down. 
and I'm going to be curious to see how it goes. Um, I think both teams can take a step back record-wise and still have a very successful year. Uh, but I think Ben Davis coming off an undefeated state championship probably had aspirations to go back-to-back. -back. And I think Fort Wayne Wayne had aspirations to kick down the door and, and get deeper in the state tournament, if not win a state championship themselves. And now here they are unexpectedly um, with, with new coaching situations. And it's not the fault of the current head coaches. And it's not really, I'm not trying to cast blame anymore, but, but I'm saying that that's the hand everybody's been dealt with. And I'm curious to see what you guys think about where it goes from here, what happens and how we think it might play out. Well, Dominique, does does Wayne have any – what's their biggest competition in the sectional? Yeah, let me pull that up. Um, I know Homestead's in there, but we just talked about them, mm -hmm. how they're – Columbia City, South, struggling. Wayne, Homestead, Huntington North, and New Haven. Okay, yeah, so it looks like Wayne is definitely a, the favorite. Wayne is a favorite to get out of there. Now, if they, if they somehow draw, like, uh, you know, the winner of the – the Carmel Fishers. That's Westfield. what they did last year. They drew okay. Noblesville last year and beat them. Yeah, I mean that's that's where the situation might for a new yeah. coach might get tough. Yeah, that's where the that's where it's definitely gonna you know be uh be tough as that regional. But I mean, you know, <laughs> what were they, Jim? You saw them play against Southside on stream last year. <laughs> Southside had, had them beat. They had to pull it out. Yeah, they had to pull out of their butt. Yeah, to beat Southside. So, and Southside's going to be more talented this year with Cadell Wallace and Zach Belcher is a sophomore now. So, they're going to be more talented than they were last year. So, it's not going to be easy getting out of there, but I think they definitely will. New Haven, even with a Johnny Washington. Um, so, I wouldn't say it's going to be a cakewalk through the sectional, but they should, definitely should win it. I mean, they're tested way early, December 2nd, right? Yeah. You know, ben, ben Davis, Brownsburg, so... And then Lawrence nice. North a week yeah. later, one week yep. later. Yep. <laughs> I think the advantage for both coaches is they were on, on the staffs last year. Not as – I mean, obviously not head coaches, but I think that that helps, in my opinion. It it, it does in terms of pl player buy-in. Um, you know, it absolutely does. You know, I think Corey's – Taylor's situation is – you know they are going to have to reshape how they how they attack how they do things uh, to to fit more of Wyndham's style. I don't know that Wyndham. I want to say two things about. It. I don't know that Wyndham had a great year last year, but there was no question that he was no lower than third on the scouting report on anybody's game prep. Uh, so it wasn't like anybody was ever going to take him for granted. Uh, but this year he's going to have to carry the big load. And, you know, Zachary's going to have to carry a bigger load. And and they're going to have to have dudes step up. I mean, I you know, Mark White is up. We've, we've talked about the him a little bit. Um, you know, replacing that defensive foundation in Zane Dowdy, not going to be easy. I mean, he's I think he's one of the best defensive bigs. To come through, I mean, Flory's going to be right there as with him, but I think those two guys, two of the better defensive big men since freaking Odin in terms of impact. Now, you know, neither one of them are Greg, but 
at the same time, you know, just complete game changer on defense. Dowdy was. I don't know that they have that. I mean, Caleb Milan will certainly provide them some length in the back line, and they have some other pieces too. I'm not even sure it's 100% certain that Caleb will be a starter. He didn't start in June. But it's not a bad piece to have, to have a you know an underclassman at 6'8 come off the bench and, and certainly be impactful. But I, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for both teams, kids-wise, because I think they both – both those groups were looking forward to, you know, riding a lot of expectation in this year. And, you know, Corey's been a guy that has really, really helped those kids improve individually. Um, Brewer's been on staff there at Wayne for, for a while. Corey's been on staff at Ben Davis for a while. Um, you, you like to be in those situations with the full summer to prepare. And I feel bad for them, those two guys individually, because they they certainly won't have had that uh, when it, when the rubber hits the road. So um, are you going to go down, Ben Davis? You know, you probably don't know anything about these teams from Alabama or Arkansas, do you, Patrick? Oh, let's see. Are they on their schedule here? Yeah, BD's going to be at Caldwell County, Kentucky, right before Christmas. They play a team from Alabama and a team from Arkansas. Uh, what's what's the team here? Pinson Valley, Alabama, Maumel, Arkansas, or Marmalade, I mean, or you got to figure if they're traveling all the way up here. To, they're a pretty good team. That's my working theory in AAU. You don't travel yeah. that far and suck. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to uh, mention something about Wayne quick. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see it because, uh, you know, when they step on the court, they're in every game they play outside of two games. They're basically, pretty much the, there's two teams in the whole state where you would say they have better guard play than Wayne, and that's Ben Davis and Lawrence North, and they play them both within a week span. So I think it's going to be interesting to see when they, you know, have a team that can match them guard play and probably have better guards, you know, can they, you know, can they still, you know, let's be competitive. Hopefully it can be competitive in those games and, you know, hopefully they can win maybe, but, you know, at least be, have a competitive game as well, because like I said, every other game they play, they're going to have the two best guards on the court. Well, my um, guess is they're going to be a little bit more than hopeful. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I know they, they know what type of schedule they have to start the year. I talked to Brewer about that a couple weeks, uh, a month ago or so. Um, so they know, obviously, they know about Ben Davis. They know about Lawrence North. They didn't know about Kai McGrew. Uh, I told them about him. But uh, but they know what their schedule is to begin with. And, I hope, yeah, I'm, I'll be at the Southport game uh, or at Southport against Lawrence North. Lawrence North. But – but I will I'll be interested to see in those games. I'll be watching the other one on stream, just seeing like, you know how they how they match up with those teams, knowing that the best two guards on the court are probably going to be on Ben Davis and Lawrence North. Those two games. All right, I think we are uh, well past our time on what we we thought we'd be. So let's 
anybody have i've got one but anybody have a storyline that we can get through quickly everybody wants to name name one more and then roll into our hot yeah. takes and then um maybe have a light discussion on each topic but but nothing more than that yeah we can do we can do that all right go ahead Dominique, I've got a, I've got a good one. I think will be pretty quick, but go ahead, Dominique. I can make it quick. Um, I just put down. I think it's gonna be interesting to see is is Snyder the next, uh, Carroll or Wayne, right? Coming off of three wins last year, for Snyder, new coach, they have a nice core coming back, and then they add three freshmen that start. Uh, well, started in the scrimmage, and a couple of them are gonna start during the season. So they got talent coming back. Um. I'm interested to see if they can kind of – I would say more towards the Carroll, where Carroll won two games and then they won 12. You know, I see Snyder won three games last year. Maybe they can get to 10 or more. That'd be a nice – starting three freshmen? I don't think they're going to start three freshmen, but okay. they're going to start one, maybe two. Um, But, yeah, I think they, they, they might be able to. I know Coach is hopeful. That's one thing I asked him. I said, you guys going to be Carroll from last year? And – so that's the goal. So, you know, I, I liked what I saw in the scrimmage, and they they're missing they missed their best player. He was on the bench hurt, and then their other good players, the quarterback for the football team, who will be their point starting point guard, and other football teams going to state this weekend. So that was my other storyline. Because those dudes were at Carroll were sophomores when they won two games. Yeah, pardon, and when they got into the top one hundred. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it would be interesting to see how they never they forget turn around. Never forget. I think that might be a stretch this year. I think that might be the the storyline next year. We'll see. Yeah, well, it definitely will. Zach, uh, mine was region based. Uh, I'm just. Is is Chesterton still the cream of the crop over there, or is the in Doolin and sectional too? Actually, because the four teams I have in mind are all in the same sectional and conference. Uh, them, Crown Point, Portage, and Valpo. I mean, I feel like those other teams are catching up with them. Uh, Portage looking really good on paper. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think Valpo might surprise some people this year, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, just if Chesterton's still going to run things in the region and. Yeah, I wonder what if they've what they've added. Right well, last year they had the two juniors. Yeah, and horny, uh, and then it was, you know, gaggle of seniors that kind of did or didn't necessarily produce. They certainly were good role players, but then who was the name you just named? Logan Percorny. Percorny, is he a junior sophomore? This year? Sophomore. sophomore. Yeah, I'm anxious to see because that's I, Portage to me. If unless there's something, you know, unless there's some disconnect on paper, they look really good. The thing is, stay healthy. Last year they had that tr- trouble staying healthy. Yeah, Garrett Clark, I know, missing yep. time, and yep. But the Wellman brothers, Garrett Clark, Jalen Johnson, yep. Jalen, yeah, yep. And they probably have some other pieces there we don't know much about. Patrick? Yeah. Um, mine is uh, uh, Scottsburg 
has only beaten Brownstown once this century. <laughs> and both are arguably in the top three of their classes. They're going to play once on December 8th at Brownstown and probably at the North Davies Tourney final on December 23rd. Can Scottsburg get over that hump and get Brownstown once this year? I would have been surprised if we didn't have a Scottsburg-Brownstown link discussion there. But, yeah, it's yeah. those are the two two best non-4A teams, Southeast Indiana. Unless I'm missing maybe, uh, Providence. Maybe Providence. Yeah, don't forget that. All right, mine's Fort Wayne-based. What? Jeez, stay in your lane. I'm going to be well, – this is my lane. <laughs> I'm the head of the bandwagon right here, baby. Stay in your roundabout. When is – when are college coaches going to get their heads out of their butts about Kellen Pickett? <laughs> here we go. Get a little bit more serious about recruiting him. Open up your mind a little bit. Use your imagination. Imagine what he's going to be with an extra 15, 20 pounds of muscle. I mean, you watch what he did in the, in the state finals game. Defensively, if nothing else, the kid can shoot at 6'8". He can handle the ball. He's not going to be a primary ball handler, but he's he handles the ball well for his position. It's ridiculous. And I've often said there's a lot of a lot of assistant coaches in college basketball that lack originality, <laughs> any sense of adventure. Uh, recruit by recruit by numbers, paint paint by number, stay within the lines. Uh, Picket kid is got a chance to be really good. I think he's a two way player. I don't think he's going to be a high major kid and as a as a lockdown defender, but he's going to be a high major kid who who can guard who can definitely guard his position and and probably even up or down one. In other words, I don't think he's ever going to get embarrassed by a switch. From what I've seen of him, he's a top five kid in that class, no doubt. And that's a strong class. It is a strong class. You know, with, with Harrelson there, I had him third. Since we don't acknowledge the name, we the, the program we don't name, but that L word. Yeah. Lalu. Um, he, he, yeah, it's just time. It's, it's silly. All right. Hot take time. I'll be seeing picket next week at oh, yeah. Northside first game of the year. Yeah. That's typically their opening. I remember when they beat Brooks and all those dudes, I was at that game. All right. Well, let's go to Zach. We'll let Zach do the hot take first. Oh, geez. How many do we get? <laughs> I'm just, just want one. one. Just, just one. Just one. You got a. If you got yeah. a, a second one that's quick, that's fine. We're just okay. We're we're bumping up against it here. Come on, Zach. Let's go. You you All had right. the two best last year, so I know. We're at least the two most specific. Now I have to top that again. I'm going after Dominique the first time. Now I have to top my <laughs> hot take from last year. All right, here we go. My hot take is there will not be a state championship from the Indy area this year. Oh, you. Bastard. Mm. <laughs> My hot take was a little hotter than that. Now I got to get a new hot take. What's the indie area? Is there any 
Yeah, discrepancies there. Indian metro area would be Ken Fox on here to see what. (laughs) So anything south of US (laughs) six? Yeah. My hot take. So okay, so I got a couple new hot take. My hot take was going to be that the team from Marion County would not make the state finals. That's different. That's not the same. Yeah. Who does that call? What Lawrence North, obviously, and those. But and and. Anyone else in the um, what in the lower levels or no? Just all four. Well, Lutheran or Buff. Okay. But two teams wow. I have number one in their class. Like, like I said coming in, I don't know that I necessarily believed in this hot take, but that's just my hot take. A team from Mar- the, the be the first time since two thousand and eight that a team or or nine one of the other two thousand eight two thousand nine I looked it up that a team from Marion County doesn't reach the state finals in any of the four classes. So my hot take this year is going to be that a team, no team from Marion County will reach the state finals this year. I think it was 2008, the year Brownsburg beat Marion, but that's across all four classes. So I'm undermining my, my power rankings (laughs) with Lutheran number one, Burbuff number one. Um, Lawrence Ellen. North number two, right. and then that's two A. I had Brownstown. Basically, if you go by ranking, I had Brownstown versus Blackhawk. One A Lutheran Orleans were my top two teams. Four A Kokomo Lawrence North were my top two teams. Three A Brebuff was my top team. You got to go down to Delta before you get at six before you get to a team from up north. So I undermine my power rankings a little bit. Saying my two number ones and two number two or one number two won't reach the championship game of the state final. So that's my hot take. So Zach Zach's hot take was no team from Indian or the Indy area will win state this year. Yep. Okay, so it's not exactly the same hot take. All right. No team from Indy area. And that's those are teams that are traditionally covered by the so basically, Patrick, since you asked, it's Marion County and the nine counties that surround it. Although that also includes, I think, Madison. Yeah. But that's, even though they're not adjacent, um, they are one county removed. But basically all those schools are covered by the star, especially the Pendletons and the lapels of the world. Keeping track of these hot takes, I am. Yeah, go yeah. on. Who's next? All right, I got a couple here. I'll give you one. Um, 4A South wins every state title, or not 4A yep. South, but 3A, 4A, 1A, 2A. So the South, South wins all four state. Yep. That was Kyler's hot take. Oh, he's yeah, Kyler okay. mailed it in. He didn't want the smoke. Well, Kyler's a smart man, man. He was abducted by the. It just suits. <laughs> okay. I'll throw out another one. I got Coach cool. Hawkins a seal of approval after last week's pod for how well we regarded Arlington or Arlington. Jeez. Addicts. And yes. now I undermine it with my hot take. Nice. Yep. All right. Go on. Go on, Patrick. All right. Individual hot take here. I say uh, Braylon Mullins gets a Kentucky and Kansas offer when it's all said and done. All right. Is that a hot take? 
That's a hot take slash. I mean, his dad's like, Josh will be like, hell yeah, he is. (laughs) He's hurt right now. He'll be on a pitch count for the first couple games. He's good to go. Mullins. There's, there's, There's no downside to that hot take. Okay. Hot take. Fishers beats Ben Davis. That ain't a hot take. That's a lock. That's a, that's that's a game lock. That doesn't count. Boo. We... <laughs> Jeez. What a, what a rookie. All kinds of heat. Oh, well, yeah. I haven't been on for the hot takes yet. Yeah. That's called a rookie. All right, Dominique, what's your hot take? Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to say Brownstown Central is the fourth best non 4A team in the state. I got Garen, I got Brebuff, and Scottsburg. So, Patrick, Scottsburg's beating Brownstown. All right. And those so you got those four teams team. ahead of Brownstown? No, I have those three, three. Those three teams ahead of Brownstown? Yep. Dominique, you're welcome in Scottsburg anytime. Sir. They will welcome you with open That's arms. That's the hot take. These are hot takes, right? Is that, that what is hot. That's that's a hot one. Considering they only beat them once in, you know, it's, this is years. 20, 2023, 2024. We don't look in the past. All right. Gotcha. So you got them low. You got them as low as the fourth best, as low as the fourth <laughs> best. Fourth best uh, non 4A team in the state. Okay. Not sure how we prove that, but yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's, that's not. It's not like your guys is where you can get an outcome, but hey, right. if Scottsburg beats them, hey, might have something. I don't know. <laughs> so he can't win or he can't lose. Even yeah. even if <laughs> even if Brownstein comes in and beats Carmel, Darren Catholic would probably still say, "Yeah, we would beat Carmel too." And then I'd be like, eh, "I don't know about that." <laughs> I don't know. Carmel and Darren Catholic haven't played each other yet. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Well, isn't Garen Catholic Carmel too? Or they got all yeah. the Carmel's kids, right? Yep, yep. Some of them. I'm in university. Like I said last year, Carmel team still playing the state <laughs> championship game. So, no, that's Bobby does a good job. He doesn't have much of a feeder system. To, to um that draws kids it's not like Marion County where a lot of really good kids you know some of those families flock to Catholic schools um just because the you know you know most most kids in Hamilton County are public school kids so so it's not as it's it's a way lopsided distribution especially athletics wise those lady of Mount whatever's aren't pulling in talent in Hamilton County like they do in Marion County. All right, man. Hey, well, quick. Got... Let me get one more quick one in real quick. Jeez, Patrick's just overflowing. I, I just looked at the schedule and I got to throw it out there. Cathedral and Carmel, both sub 500. Oh, no go. better than 500 this year. I think Cathedral will figure some stuff out. I just mean, saw they, them, they, they've got the, they've got the team, yeah. but they've got a schedule too. 
True. I mean, they did just put the wood to pike the other day. <laughs> well, that was it. That was Teague's first little experience there. Give him a break. They do have a schedule, yeah. All right. Not Providence. Okay. One lock or what? Two locks? Lock, yeah, one, one lock. lock. Yeah, lock. Locks of the week. These are just games now. These aren't hot takes, Patrick. These are games. So what you would gotcha. say is a hot take is a lock for us. All right. Well, I'll just go ahead and say it then. The lock is Fishers over Ben Davis. You going there? Okay. Yep. On the road. Yep. Road dog. I'm rolling with the fighting Mike Foxes and Fishers. Dominique, what's your lock of the week? I'll be at this game, so I chose it. Um, taking New Haven over Woodland. New Haven over Woodland. Yep. Okay, hold on a second. I can't. Zach? Uh, I'm going to go Northridge over Elkhart. This is the part of the pot I'm un- wholly unprepared for. Harold doesn't have Saturday games up. Yeah, he does. On the upcoming games, I'm saying. Oh, I just look on the day to day. Yeah, daily schedule. I look oh, the little calendar, huh? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Ah. Jeez, your first time on the site or what? First time. Christmas. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, my lock of the week, even though it's a game that I'm not going to, um, not that that matters, Patrick, when we do these going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Brownsburg over North Central. There you go. At North Central. That's why it's – that's why it's a tough call. All right, where are some games you're going to? Patrick, you're going to games this week? Absolutely. I'm going to uh, South Ripley at Jacksonville. Going to see your boys, Cole Henry. <laughs> see what he's looking like. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm going to the Turkey Shoot at Southwestern. Madison plays at Southwestern Hanover. And then Saturday, if I'm, I mean, I'm going to stream it regardless. But Cathedral in Jeffersonville is a big one up there at Cathedral. Um, otherwise, I'll probably go watch a. a South Ripley at uh, Rising Sun because I've never been to Rising Sun. I've been to a lot of gyms around here, never been to Rising Sun. So I got to check that out sometime. I have been to Rising Sun. Mm. I forget I like, why. I like the reason. <laughs> why? But I, I could not go home the way I came thanks to flooding. Oh, yeah. I had to go River, home to Cincinnati. River Road. Yep. I had to go home through Cincinnati. Luckily, I know my way around Cincinnati. I mean, it was just too, it was just too, it was just the bypass, but still. It was out of the way and I don't know, better than some of those roads late at night too. But yeah, they they were talking about some road on the radio that put some roads that were flooded in. Zach, I see three games for you on Saturday. Oh, geez. Three of them. Where are you going, Dominique? Or did you just... Yeah, where are you going? I'm just I'm going to New Haven, uh, Woodland at New Haven on uh, Wednesday. Okay. And then what three games are you going to Saturday? I mean, I'm got <laughs> I'm one game a week. There's just I'm not pretty, not struggling. enough of us to go around. Jeez. 
Well, there's I'll, games to go around up here. I just it's tough, tough getting out to multiple games a week. A lot of streams, a lot of streams. Fun, you put those kids on eBay. Yep. <laughs> hey Zach, I got you on Saturday. You got two thirty. You have um, what? Where, where, where did it go here? It was South Bend, Washington? The Lake Central, South Bend, Washington. Yep. Yep. Four thirty. You're gonna roll over to Penn. Carroll at Penn. <laughs> okay. And then at seven forty-five, rolling over to Northridge, Westview at Northridge. Yeah, the trifecta. I mean, that's he doesn't get. I mean, two thirty, four thirty, seven forty-five. That's that's kind of close. You are. That's kind of close. Getting over, getting over to Penn. Oh no, JV overtime. Let's hope. I've done. Mm-hmm. I've done two in a day. I could. I let me let me look into that. It's pretty convincing. Might have, might have to take a kid or two with me, but I'll have to <laughs> drag him along. Kid or two or three. Uh, all right, I'm going Tuesday night. I'm going to Riley at Laporte, and then Wednesday night, um, Munster at Knoll. Maybe either that or that Valpo at Gary West game. I'm not sure on Wednesday. Uh, yet. They're not playing that game. I don't think. Why? Football. And it's still on the schedule. It's still on uh, Valpo's Twitter or X, uh, whatever it's called. Well, we'll see. That may impact what I do Wednesday. I was thinking about heading up there, but um, I can check with Bugs real quick. Saturday, where are you going? You doing the threefer? I'll I'll try the threefer. We'll see if I can do it. <laughs> I love the challenge. Tuesday, Carmel, Zionsville. Wednesday, Avon, Plainfield. Although I want to double check to make sure where that's at. Avon at Plainfield. Uh, Friday, maybe Anderson at LaPel. Maybe Anderson at LaPel. And then Saturday is the big one. 1.30, Zionsville at Ben Davis. And then a beeline to Terre Haute to watch their one day shootout where it's what games will I be able to see? I will be able to see three and a half games. South Knox and Northview. Uh, Evansville Harrison, Park Heritage, Sullivan, Terre Haute South, Evansville Christian versus Terre Haute North. Then I'll come home and go to Westfield and Kokomo then at night. No, that's those those no. games are of the evening of the evening. Oh. That's what I've done the last two years, Zionsville and Ben Davis in the afternoon, Westfield Kokomo in the evening. Uh, but this year I'm heading out to Terre Haute. Got to watch Shelsky, especially playing Evansville Harrison. Chance to see them against really good, really good competition. Although they have beefed up their schedule a little bit this year. For what you know, the kids they've got there now, they're you know, they're gonna be tripped the semi state last year, I think, surprised some people. But I think the next two years they expect to be back. So beef it up a little bit. So that way when you get there, you're not playing teams like that for the maybe not for the first time, but certainly just be a little bit more prepared. So Jeffersonville visiting Cathedral on Saturday is going to tell me a lot about Jeffersonville. Yeah, are they, I, are they are they a state contender or are they just 
a good team down south. Well, winning at Cathedral is never easy. Winning on the road is never easy when you drive that yep. far, especially. But, I mean, they, they Jeffersonville could, you know, lose that game and still be right back staring it in the face come March. I think Brownsburg and Center Grove will have a little word about that and – I think Plainfield will maybe surprise some people come March. But all right, guys. Anybody got anything else? That's it. That's, That's it. it. Let's get, let's get into it. Storylines. Basketball starts. By the time this gets published, basketball will be starting tomorrow. Not, it'll be starting Monday night. I don't know. Are there any good games Monday night? No. No. <laughs> no offense to anybody playing tomorrow night, but. I mean, they could be offended. Yeah, you just dis- disrespected Austin at Crothersville. Yep, Seven Oaks. <laughs> go see the go see What the is tab. Seven Oaks? Go to the tab. Seven Oaks is a thing? The Firehawks. Sorry, Seven Oaks. Sorry, Coach Bradford. Monday Monday before Thanksgiving used to be Gary Roosevelt versus Andrean back when both teams were just constantly stacked and Always, always a fun way to start the year, and of course now it's neither here nor there. Go watch Short Ridge versus Riverside Park, but I think I'm going to be watching the old uh, Kansas City Chiefs Philadelphia Eagles game tomorrow night. I think that's how my evening's going to be spent. Probably going to be the most watched game ever, ever, ever. Not Super Bowl game, non Super Bowl. All right, guys. Good job, Patrick. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Zach, good to have you back. Now that basketball's here, we'll be good. We'll try to rescue Caleb from the Jazoots. Kyler. Kyler, him too. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. I think we'll bury that reference from now on. So. All right. <laughs> Although I might say back from the Jazoots when he comes back. But anyway. All right, Dominic, you guys, you guys have a good week. All right, later. Yep, later.